it's not about my my effort you know it's it's about the work of jesus christ on the cross <gasps> and jesus softened my heart and broke in and said you are sinful but guess what i'm not going to run away from you because of that i'm going to run towards you and i've provided a way for you to have eternity with god if you just follow me you know it's just the most overwhelming thing that's ever happened to me because for the first time i felt like christ was with me you know what i felt like i could just i just felt like the biggest way was just lifted off my shoulders yo 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 what is up everybody welcome back to another episode of vaughn and clay all day i'm your co-host vaughn i'm your other co-host clay and clay we got a, a fun one today this is our first interview since like july it's been a while it's, yeah first time back having someone in the studio with us i know hey uh everyone listening happy new year Hope you guys had a safe and fun holidays, and uh, we're excited. We have our friend Gina Rue here on the pod. Gina, welcome Hi. in. Welcome, Gina. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for hopping on. Um, um, well, we're excited. Um, before we start, uh, I'm going to pray us in, and then you Would just go that. off and share your story. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for Gina. Um, thank you for the work uh, that you've called her into. Thank you for uh, changing her life, Lord. Thank you for transforming her from the inside out, Lord. Uh, thank you for renewing her, sanctifying her, and and all of us too that love you, uh, God. We just ask uh, for um, your words, for her words to be your words, Lord. We ask for um, your love and your gospel to shine through uh, through her testimony, through her story. Uh, God, I pray for those listening, Lord. Would they uh, just be keen to to certain. Uh, parts of her story that relate to to them, God. Uh, would you also encourage me and Clay, Lord? Would we be reminded that you're a God who moves, changes, and forms, and is alive and moving right now, Lord? So, Holy Spirit, would you move and work in this episode, in this story, um, and just be with us in Jesus' name? Amen. 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 All right, Gina, take it away. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So cool. Well, thanks again for having me. This is <clears throat> such a neat, like God ordained thing. So. Yeah really happy to be here. Early on in life, I don't really know where this like lie started or where mm. it really began, but started to believe the lie that if I was well-behaved and perfect, that people would like me mm. and there would be peace in mm. my home. Mm. And, I, and I've thought about this a lot about where that originated. Mm. And I don't know if it was just little moments here and there, but that plays, you'll see how this kind of plays out later on. So, mm. um, there's a big difference between being a peacemaker and a peacekeeper mm. and uh, mm. very good distinction there. And that's an important lesson that I had to unfortunately learn the hard way. Mm. And, but it's one of the most important lessons I think. And we get it. We tend to get those two mixed up quite a bit. Um, so yeah, I grew up totally in a great, in a great home. I and mean, we had our my family was not perfect. We had our issues, just as every family does. And I grew up knowing God. I grew up having a relationship with Him. I did Young Life growing up, oh, so yeah. nice. shout out to Young Life. Yeah, yeah. shout out. Yeah, uh, gave my life to Jesus in junior high at Young Life Camp Under the Stars. It was amazing. So, oh, wow. um, such really a great cool. organization. And um, I've always had deep convictions about my faith. And always kind of knew who I was in my identity with Christ, but I really didn't have the courage or the confidence to act on them, mm. if that makes sense. Like that muscle was still being developed. I had the faith, knew what I should be doing, but when it was questioned, 
I didn't always back it up with action, mm-hmm. if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. So um, fast forward a little bit, I went to Southern California for college. It was an incredible four years. I'm a swimmer, past oh. tense swammer. I'm a swammer now. Yeah. What yeah. events did you do? So funny enough, I was recruited for backstroke and I am, which is all four. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to school, I was a backstroker and I am or we had a intra squad meet, so internally, mm-hmm. and I posted a really good time for breaststroke. And my coach was like, Hey Gina, you're gonna swim breaststroke now. Wow. And I go, No, no, I'm not. I'm gonna swim <laughs> yeah, backstroke. That's not what I came here for. That's not yeah, what I that's yeah. not what I signed up for. And he's like, Well, we need breaststrokers. And I'm like, Well, too bad. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna do it. Where did you swim? At? Um a school called Cal Baptist. University. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they at the time were a very small school and they have grown since. It's been incredible. I wish I could take credit for it. I cannot. Um, <laughs> but just an incredible place to be, um, growing and the swim program was amazing. So just, yeah, met some of my best friends there who I still stay in contact nice. with. So yeah, it was so good. But yeah, so then I became a breaststroker and that's what I ended my career with was nice. breaststroke. So we did win a national championship while I was there. No Yo! Awesome. Wait, what, what, what so cool. league or what conference or what division? So we at the time Cal. were NAIA. Okay, nice. And that was I actually so much preferred that over like a division two or division sure. one yeah, yeah. because I got to have skin in the game and actually yeah. compete. Yeah. Uh, now I believe they're, I believe they're D one. They, we oh. transitioned to D two while I was there my senior year. That sounds right. Yeah, and now they yeah. are division one. So Dang, all the congrats. records we once held are like blown out of the water and wow, literally like, <laughs> like those girls are so fast. Dang. So yeah. If any of them are listening, kudos to you because we girls are amazing. So. You know, it's funny. You're the second NAIA national champ on our podcast. Really? Yeah. yeah. We had, uh, Lucas? We had Lucas. He was Check it he out. Was soccer for Hastings College. They won. That's awesome. Yeah. So, wow. Look at that. So cool. <laughs> Anyways, keep going. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. I know. That was a tangent. Wasn't, ex- <laughs> wasn't expecting. That's okay. Um, yeah. So I went to CBU. I loved it. Had a great time there. Like I said, met some great friends. And as I was thinking back through this time of my life, I remember feeling just so alive and free, Hmm. truly like the world was my oyster. Like I just felt so like just open and free and um, growing in my faith. Again, I hadn't really had an encounter at that time that had like shaken my faith. Hmm. So I, I talked about my faith. I knew I had faith, but I really hadn't, it hadn't been, I don't want to say the word tested, but it really Mm -hmm. hadn't been shaken up. Mm and that's, I don't, I don't want to say that everyone has to go through a time like that. However, when you are shaken, you really find out what you believe in. Mm, you yes. really well find out like, yeah. okay, are, are there wheels to this? Like what, you know, what actually sticks? Yeah. Um, so fast forward a little bit. My junior year of college, I met a guy and um, he completely swept me off my feet Um <laughs> Honestly, like just extravagant dates, gifts, all the things, um, almost like an overwhelming presence in my life. Like mm-hmm. he kind of came in and everything just all of a sudden was all about him. And mm-hmm. I didn't know any better. I was just like, wow, this is amazing, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. all the attention, um, it just, it felt good. Like it was totally feeding the flesh and it just felt good. And um, I didn't know it then, but looking back, it that relationship was slowly stripping me away and pulling me away from really good friends, 
from my family, mm-hmm. but it was a very slow fade. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was very hard to identify. And it was he was almost pulling me away from from everything that I loved and everything that I knew. And it mm. was air quotes in the name of love. Mm. And so mm. um, there's there's a lot of lessons to be learned along the way. And I, I really do pray that this story can resonate with people, just different mm. parts of it. Yeah. Um, and again, I've learned a lot since then. But one substantial lesson that I have learned is that love is a verb. Mm. And yeah, I think yes. our culture and our society get the word love as like a noun or something that's nice mm-hmm. um, or an adjective or whatever. And they get it mixed up with a verb and love truly is a verb. It has mm-hmm. to have action behind it. Yes. And at the time I was not looking at the action. I was looking at all of the other fancy flashy things mm. thinking that was love and true love mm. really is outlined in first Corinthians 13. Mm. If you want to know what love is, Go read that chapter. It's overused, I think, in wedding ceremonies and taken out of context a lot. But when you strip it down and you really understand what that chapter is about, yes, that is love. Yeah. Like, that is love. Those and are so, actions, right? Those are actions, yeah. yes. And um, later on, and I can, I'll get into this if, if I remember, but learning to delineate between like, what is what does God say love is versus what the world says love yeah. is, mm. and learning to identify that in relationships. And so, mm. um, anyways, that's a little bit of a tangent. But I started to get pulled away from friends and family. Uh, again, it was a very slow fade. And so he and I dated for about three and a half years mm-hmm. before we got engaged. And during that time, my convictions and my faith were slowly being chiseled away. Mm. And it was almost like unrecognizable little things um, mm. where I don't know if you guys have heard the saying that trust is is earned in, in drops, mm. but it's lost in buckets. Yeah. And same with mm. this. It was just little tiny things, little tiny paper cuts that mm. I was like, oh, that hurt, but it didn't hurt enough. And yeah. um and another example or analogy would be like the frog in boiling water. Yeah. Like just you slowly don't understand the temperatures being turned up, right? Yeah. If you drop him right in, he'll obviously jump out. But if you expose a frog slowly, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yes. Weird oh, analogy, wow. but it makes sense. No, it's fitting for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, I didn't recognize the red flags all around me. Hmm. And I wasn't, I'll be honest, I was not listening to the advice, to the wisdom to the the love that my friends and family were sharing with me um, Mm -hmm. because of pride. Like, truly, it was a pride thing. Mm. And Mm. um, so this relationship uh, really developed into this constant twisting of the narrative that it was he and I versus the world, Mm. right? Like, Uh, it's it's you and me, babe, and we got to fight off everyone else, and we have to fight for this relationship. And Mm -hmm. what a twisted way to look at a relationship, yeah. right? Like, yeah. yes, relationships are hard. Yes, marriage can be hard. And you don't have to, it's not you and them versus the world. Like, no. yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it feels like in that season, you were kind of, you know, slowly becoming more and more isolated. 100%. Isolated is totally the word. Um, totally being isolated. And uh, sadly enough, I lost some of my best friends and my my mm. parents and the relationship with them during that time because of not only my own stubbornness but also the quote unquote love it was mm. all disguised as love sure. right like if you yeah. love me then we have to stick this out and we have to do this 
looking back on it, I mm. see how twisted and unhealthy that yeah. was and dare I say toxic. Yeah. It mm. totally was. Um mm. so I was I was pulled away from my parents and my family during that time because they didn't like him. Like they came out and said like we don't like this guy. And of course, I was torn. This comes back to the peacemaker versus peacekeeper. Mm. And I wanted to keep everyone happy. And so um, I bought into that narrative. Very naively, I bought into the narrative that we had to fight for our relationship. And if that means losing people in the process, so be it, because mm. we're in love, right? Mm -hmm. And even just saying that now, <clears throat> I'm like wanting to bang my head against the wall because it's yeah so not healthy and it's mm -hmm. not the right way to look at a relationship yeah so uh by the time we got married i was at such odds with my family and my parents uh there was a question whether they would even be at the wedding i mean it was just oh, wow. a it was very tragic like honestly it was very mm -hmm. tragic and throughout my story you'll hear this but so many little moments that god was weaving like his faithfulness and his goodness into it that I wouldn't recognize until years later. Mm -hmm. And one of those actually is during our wedding video. So um, the videographer pulled both of us aside separately and just asked us to share in a few words, a few sentences, what this day means to us. And he was not around. So this was just me and the videographer. And I get goosebumps when I watch this and hear myself say it. Uh, but in the video, I said... To the, I'm going to paraphrase, but to the extent of like, I don't know why God brought us together, but I know that there is a purpose far greater for this mm -hmm. marriage. And mm -hmm. I get goosebumps now because I see how this marriage is being used for the glory wow. of God, even though mm -hmm. it doesn't, it looks very taboo. Um, mm -hmm. So yes, so back to the story, we, we get married. Um, we had already moved to the Midwest, which is where he is from. So um, closer to his family, and I adore his family. They're wonderful people. And again, I didn't have the that that courage muscle built up yet to really act on the things that I was seeing. Like, hey, no, I, I want to be close to my family or expressing those things. I just went along with it for the sake of love, air mm -hmm. quotes, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so sadly enough, when I moved to the Midwest, I moved in the middle of winter, so from Southern California oh, no. <laughs> to the Midwest in the middle of February. It was a blizzard. It was just the worst timing. Yeah. And to be quite honest, I hated it. I hated mm. it. Um, I cried every day for about six months. Mm. I just was so sad. Missed my friends and family. Missed sunny California. Missed all those things. And um, there was just one day that I just resolved in my spirit you know what, God, like you have me here for a purpose and for a season. So I'm going to bloom where you have me planted. Mm. And that was, again, just another nugget, another like mm. seed being sown. And I started praying for a community. I started praying for friends. And God was so faithful to bring me some of my best friends and still have them in my corner today. I call them my village. Like he had nice. been slowly building this mm -hmm. village for me. And... um Honestly, some of the most, like some of the sweetest, most vulnerable and intimate friendships with mm -hmm. these women. And I'm so deeply grateful that even though this story that didn't end so great brought me these friends, right? Yeah. Like there's still goodness in all of that. And um, so our, back to our marriage, it was, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like it was okay. It was okay. Yeah. There's nothing spectacular. Although I didn't have a good 
framework for what a good marriage was to really what it was supposed to look like. And I think now that that conversation is changing so much, thank goodness for social media, that we can actually have those conversations. People are being more open about it. Um, And that's something I want to share is like, what does a healthy relationship look like? Because I didn't know. So I just Mm. thought, sure, this is good. Like, I had nothing to to bounce it off of a frame of reference. So, um, he, he was not invested in the relationship. Like I was when I said, I do, I meant it. I mm. was in, I was all in like mm. forever till death do us part. Like I was in and I wanted to continue to grow myself, to grow my faith. However I could to continue to make this marriage work. Mm. And it was almost like it was two paths diverging. Mm. I was heading in one direction. I was growing in my faith. I was growing in a lot of different ways, and he was heading in a different direction. Mm, yeah. And I was trying desperately to keep us together. Like, how how do we how do we come back together to what once was? And mm-hmm. I, I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out why things weren't getting better. Um, and so during this time, this was when God really started to grow my own roots, or he started to grow the roots in my faith. And I started asking the hard questions. I started getting really vulnerable with God, like really asking him hard things, screaming at him, yelling at him. I was so upset. And um, I do just want to preface this for anyone. I want to be aware of how this might impact some people, but I'm talking about being a mom. Mm. And I wanted to be a mom so bad. Mm. Mm. And I, I know that there's women out there who can relate to this, the ache of wanting to be a mother so, so desperately so badly and every month being reminded that you're not a mom Mm. and Mm. i felt that and it was it was truly agonizing like it was so hard and and you start to question things you start to question like what's wrong with me what's wrong with my body Mm. why why is this not happening you know i was young i was healthy i did not understand why i could not get pregnant Mm. (laughs) like i did not understand it Mm. and um like we were truly trying to have a family and it wasn't happening. And I was so angry with God. I was so mad at him. And I just remember crying out to him time and time again, like, why is this not happening? And again, I didn't understand the protection and the provision that was happening behind the scenes. And I and I don't mean that flippantly um, because I know that there are there there truly are stories of infertility. And I I my heart aches for those those people. Yeah. Um, and I don't have, there's no rhyme or reason for it. There really isn't. My mm-hmm. story looks different than someone else's. However, I still know the ache. I still know that grief yeah. and being able to touch it and being able to feel that grief and not just shove it aside. Mm-hmm. So um, it was, it's agonizing. It's deeply, deeply painful. And so during this time, I really started to cut, like get in touch with my emotions. And mm-hmm. oddly enough, um, I realized I had a lot of anger. There was a Mm. lot of anger and a lot of anger towards my husband that Mm -hmm. I didn't really want to acknowledge, but it was, it was there. And a lot of pent up just anger from years past of things that I wasn't able to do because I had given them up for this, Mm. for the sake of love, right? For the sake Mm -hmm, of marriage. And essentially was already being abandoned in this marriage. I was, I spent a lot of time alone. Um, He traveled a lot for work. Mm. So, um, it was a great time that I've started to grow my faith and it was also a lonely time. Mm. It was very lonely. And mm. with these emotions, like I was saying, the anger, there were physical symptoms starting to appear. 
And this is another, just a side note, a tangent. We don't like to address emotions in this day and age. We really don't because they're scary. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and a lot of us haven't been, we haven't been taught how to deal with emotions. Yeah, so, so that's true. a big piece of it. And if you don't, if you don't get in touch with those, what we resist persists, mm, right? And so yeah, yeah. I learned that the hard way. And anger was showing up in a lot of different weird ways in my life. And it wasn't until I finally agreed to just confront it. Mm -hmm. um, and a good friend of mine, actually, a very wise friend of mine once said, she goes, to confront, the root word of confronting is to turn towards. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the most loving things we can do is to turn towards someone, to confront someone, mm -hmm. or even ourselves, is to turn towards. Mm -hmm. That's the root word of confronting. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be scary. And um, so anyways, so... Back to the story, I have a couple different tangents, but yeah, at the time my husband is traveling more for work, so I spend a great deal of time alone, a great deal of time. Um, and looking back, I was very much abandoned in that marriage because he wasn't around very mm -hmm. much. And little did I know that God was already hard at work strengthening me and truly building up my backbone to be able to withstand the storm that was coming. And we were still years out from the from the storm, but again, these seeds were being planted, these roots were being grown deep. Mm -hmm. And um, looking back on it, it was just, it's mm. incredible to see God's hand through it. And um, I do want to share a pivotal moment that I had mm. as this was all kind of playing out. And this this was around 2019. And this is really when things started to majorly shift, not only in my heart and in my life, but in my marriage as well. Mm. And I went to a an incredible um it was like a, a retreat of sorts mm -hmm. and Christian based and anyways, just an incredible weekend of learning about myself, like mm -hmm. truly confronting myself, the stuff that was there that I didn't want to look at, but I needed to heal and I needed to get out mm -hmm. of my system. And there was an exercise and oftentimes when you go to these retreats, they do, you know, simulations or exercises. And this one, um, it was a lifeboat exercise. It mm. sounds kind of strange. And basically everyone gets popsicle sticks and you've gotten to know these people in the room over the last 24 hours. And you get to go around and you get to give a popsicle stick to somebody. And each one of us has, I think it was like five popsicle sticks. Anyways, hand it to someone. At the end, after everyone has gone around and handed out their sticks, and there's no rules. There's no rules. Just, just hand them out. Just hand them out. Oh, wow. That's it. They don't give you any more instruction. Just hand them out. Well, whoever has the most sticks gets to stay in the lifeboat. So mm. now the whole room is like counting your sticks. Uh -huh. Well, I didn't even think about this, but I had kept one for myself. Mm. I hadn't given out all my sticks. I kept one for myself. Don't know why. Don't know why. Anyway, so I got chosen to be in the lifeboat. So I'm now in the lifeboat, right? And the exercise starts over. And then the people who have not been given the sticks get to give us different ones. So it kind of, it's a process of elimination, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyways, it came down to this where, and it's very dramatic, the story they're telling, and it's basically like you're looking at the end of your life and choosing who lives and who doesn't live. Mm. It's very dramatic. Yeah. And anyway, <laughs> it's very dramatic. Anyways, um, at the end of this, I'll just cut to the chase. It was down between me and this one other person. And um, they said, Gina, sorry, you don't have enough sticks. Like, your life is now over. Go over there. And I was like, okay, it's over. All right. Then there's like whispers in the corner and they're like, Oh, we miss, we miscounted. Can you, can you show us your sticks? Anyways, long story short, because I had held on to one stick 
that was mine. Wow, from the beginning. From the beginning. Uh-huh. I got to live. Oh, wow. And that in that moment, I know it sounds so cheesy, you guys. It's so cheesy, I know. But in that moment, it taught me something. Like, Gina lives mm-hmm. because I finally, for the first time, started to choose me mm-hmm. over everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that sounds so counterintuitive to, like, how Jesus lived. Sure. However, we are not meant to be doormats. No. Yeah, we are yeah, yeah. not meant yeah. to be taken advantage of. Yeah. yeah. And for the entirety of my life, I had let people walk over me. And that one instant, I had held on and said, mm. like, no, I'm going to live. Yeah. And that made the difference. All the difference. Mm. And I still have that popsicle stick. It's, oh. on my, it's on my desk. And I wrote on it, Gina lives. Mm. And it's just a reminder to me of it's okay to choose yourself. Yeah. And it's okay to stand in like literally stand in the faith that God's given me and the identity that he's given me. Like yeah. I get to live because of what he did for me. Yeah. So oh. it was such a cool such a cool analogy and there's so many lessons from that weekend. But that was the biggest one like Gina mm. lives. Like mm. I get to live. And Dang. so from that point on, that was a really pivotal moment in my story because after that time in 2019, um, things started to really spiral with my marriage, like really, really spiral. Um, and I, I don't want this story to be about my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, he's now my ex-husband. Yeah, I don't want it to be about him because that's not what the story is about. The story is about how God has redeemed me in this. Yeah. However, in order to fully understand the story i do need to share yeah. mm-hmm. a little bit about it yeah, for um sure. and so essentially over the next few years um it came to pass that he had been repeatedly unfaithful to me mm. so the traveling for work oh, all of these things um had been in other relationships building other lives with other women mm. meeting their children going on family vacations mm. truly living like multiple lives mm. and i had no idea I had absolutely no idea because I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't looking for my husband to be cheating on me. I wasn't, I didn't ever think that. Um, And so people ask me like, how'd you not see it? And honestly, because I wasn't looking, Mm -hmm. I wasn't looking for it. And praise God, I Mm -hmm. didn't have to live in that paranoia for the next three years. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't have to live in it. Yeah, And um, so that's kind of the end of the story. But throughout this process, um, there was a lot of emotional abuse. There was a lot of verbal abuse. Mm. And um, I haven't been able to put that name on it until very recently. Mm. And mm-hmm. abuse is a big word. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until I was sitting in my therapist's office and mm-hmm. she named it. Mm-hmm. And to name that was so powerful um, because that's truly what had happened. And if anyone ever has questions about that, I'm an open book. I'm happy to share that. Um but that's not the point of the story, no. right? That is not the point. Yeah. But it's a big part of the story. Absolutely. And well, um, and just to you know talk about that for a second, you know, I you're saying like other people coming to you saying, you know, how didn't you see it? How didn't you see it? Well, the reality is, for years you had been slowly going into a situation where more and more you were isolated mm-hmm. and told over and over that this is what love is. This is what love is. So you. There's no way you could see it from the inside. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But yeah, someone from the outside could say that, but I completely get where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard when, when you're in a situation like that, there's, it's so hard to identify what's normal and what's not normal. Um, It's very, very hard. And I often use the analogy of, I didn't see the red flags because I had rose colored glasses on. Mm. So they all just look like pink flags. I was like, Oh, it's pretty. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. And so there's, there is a lot to be said and I've learned a lot about 
toxic relationships, narcissistic abuse. Like Mm. there's, it's a very real thing. Mm -hmm. And narcissism gets a, it's again, it's a very flippant term Mm -hmm. that not everyone understands what that is. What it really is. Yeah. What it really is until you have experienced it uh, firsthand, whether that be from a friend, a parent, a spouse, whoever, until you have experienced it, it is, it's a new world. Mm -hmm. And I have experienced it firsthand. Mm -hmm. Now I can identify things very quickly. And we all, I will say this, we all have a little bit of narcissism in us, right? For sure. We're human. Mm -hmm. We're sinful. We're selfish. Mm -hmm. We're very Mm -hmm. selfish. However, there's a difference in narcissistic abuse versus just having some tendencies. There's a very big difference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I started to really notice that just how poorly I was being treated um, and humiliated in front of friends or mm. made fun of or talked down to. And it was almost like whenever he was around, if it was just he and I, things weren't super great. They weren't great. I'll be honest. However, if we were around other people, mm. it was like a show, mm. like putting on a show. Mm-hmm. And mm. again, I didn't have that framework of what does a healthy relationship look like, but I knew something was wrong. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't pinpoint it. And um, mm. so the years went on and um, it wasn't until 2022 that I was contacted by one of the girlfriends and she had actually tried to get in contact with me multiple times prior and her number had been blocked on my phone by him. So oh, wow. there's a whole whole story there. However, she reached out to me. It was it was Good Friday, actually, the Friday before Easter. Wow. And my whole world just, I mean, stopped. Uh, the, the time stopped. Like, I don't even know that I was breathing. Just time stopped when I read that message. And essentially, the message was, and I'll be honest, I wasn't planning on sharing this, but here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, but the message really was just... Um, Hey, Gina, you know, here's my name. I want to know if you are still married to him because I've been in a relationship with him Mm. for the last four years. What's going on? I've been watching your social media. It indicates that you are or might be still married to this guy. And of course, as a wife, I was like, what in the Mm. world? Like, who are you? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, who are you? Mm. And um, anyways, by the grace of God, I was able to sit on that information for 12 hours. I don't know how I did it um, because he was gone, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, traveling for Mm -hmm. work. He came home the next morning. I confronted him and I really, I prayed through that night and I did not want to come at him in a way of like, hey, you did this. What's wrong with you? I wanted, he's my husband. I wanted to give him an opportunity to explain Mm -hmm. what is going on. And so I did just that. And uh, the response was less than ideal. And dismissing, uh, neglecting, Mm -hmm. like totally rerouting the conversation Mm -hmm. and um, everything got pointed back to me. Like, you're the crazy one. Why would Mm. you think I would do this? I don't cheat. I love you. Da, da, da. And that weekend went on. Um, I found out more and more things were just kind of pouring out and I wasn't really looking for them. They just Mm. started pouring out. And come Monday morning, um, she and I got on a phone call. He called, I was on mute and I heard everything. Mm. So it was in that moment. And I share that not to, not as like a wow factor, but that was such a powerful moment because my entire world went, went white. Like I remember the room going white and there was a peace Mm. that came over me and a power that I have never experienced. Mm. And, um, 
in that moment, I obviously knew my marriage was over, it, which is the most heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching thing I've ever experienced. Yeah. And at the same time, I didn't know how, but I knew I would be okay. Mm. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit right there. Like yeah. that, Amen. that yeah. was like God at work in my life. And um, I do want to back up. I told this out of order, so I apologize. <laughs> but <laughs> um, so a few months prior, I was in the shower and just like praying through like, God, why am I still not a mom? Like, why mm. am I still not a mom? And I, re- I so clearly remember hearing God say, do you trust me? Mm. And I was like, yeah, totally. And then again, do you trust me? Mm. And I go, yeah, I do. And again, Gina, do you trust me? Mm. And there was this like this pause and it was this moment. And I'm like, yes, yes, I do. And mm. I, I knew something was happening. Like I could feel it in my spirit. Something was shifting in that moment. And God so clearly said to me, I can change your circumstance in a single day. Mm. And I was, wow. I was like, Whoa. And I don't really hear God like audibly speak to me, but that was so clear hmm. as day. Wow. It was wild. And wow. at the time, I thought, oh my gosh, you're so right. Like, I can get pregnant in a single day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a mom. And mm-hmm. I was ecstatic. I was so excited. And almost two months to the day that I had that word spoken to oh, me, snap. did I find everything out? Wow. And my circumstances changed in a single day. Day. And I was wow. just like, whoa. And so taking me back or taking you back to that that Monday when I found everything out, I mean, I hit my knees and I was like, God, thank you. Thank you. Oh thank gosh. you. Thank wow. you that yeah. I am not a mother yeah. because I don't know how I would face this on my own. I yeah. don't know how I would do it. And um, wow. it was that just really started the journey that I'm on currently. And um, hmm. truly talking about just gosh, like experiencing God in such real tangible ways. And now being able to look back and point to very specific moments that he was protecting me from things that I didn't see, protecting me from things and conversations that I didn't hear, and just the provision over and over and over again. And uh, one of my dear friends who has walked with me through this, she said, she came over that the next day and we were just crying together. And I mean, just trying to really honestly piece together what the heck is going on. Mm -hmm. And she said, I truly feel like God has just like reached his hand out and he's like pulling you out of the pit. Mm -hmm. And that was like such a powerful image to me. And it, it truly felt like that because I didn't realize, I didn't realize what, what the pit was. I didn't realize that I was in the pit for so long until I got out of it. And I was literally snatched out of it. Like God took me from, from this muck and mire and he placed my feet on solid ground and, Wow, like is amazing. And so I never thought that divorce would be a part of my story um, because when I said I do, I meant it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even bring up, I called it the D word. It wasn't even allowed to be spoken in our our home Mm -hmm. because I I truly believe that words hold power and what we speak can really come into existence. So that was a conviction I had early on that we don't even say that word. And unfortunately it happened, right? And um Another thing I learned is that God, the the verse, I believe it's in Malachi, the verse that God hates divorce, it gets used so out of context mm-hmm. so many times. And I thank God that I have a good, I have an incredible pastor who I went and met with. I have incredible mentors and friends who could 
truly speak truth into me and life mm-hmm. into me. Yeah. And one thing I've learned through this is that, yes, God does hate divorce. He does because of what it does to his children. He mm. never intended for marriage to break us apart, to, mm. to be literally when you are married, you are intertwined with somebody. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when you get divorced, you're ripping that apart and yeah. it's so painful. And God doesn't, he doesn't design marriage, that covenant to be that way. And so, yes, he hates divorce because of what it does to his children. And I will say, and in all caps, and he's created a way out. Mm-hmm. Like in his mercy, in his goodness, he has created a way out. Mm-hmm. Adultery is the number one reason. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. he didn't intend for that covenant to ever have anyone else in that covenant. Exactly. Yeah. It's man, wife, and God. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I've really learned just the power of like what mercy is and like the mm-hmm. grace that God gives us because we're broken people living in a sinful world. Things, unfortunately, they, they happen. Yeah. And so my heart goes out to anyone who has experienced this, like the unfaithfulness, whether you're married or not, it still hurts, right? If you've been cheated on, oh my gosh, it hurts because Mm -hmm. it's the ultimate betrayal. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've also learned like just how, how good God can be and how redeeming he can be even in the hardest of trials. And so um, kind of through the next few years, so that was, that was almost a year and a half ago that all this happened. And it was, about a year that all of the legal things were taking place, which the legal system is, ugh, I don't wish <laughs> it upon story. anybody. It's another <laughs> yeah. story. I don't wish that upon anybody. Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, everything was finalized this last April and was finally free and able to share and talk about it. Cause when you're going through legal proceedings, you really can't discuss things. Um, mm. So anyways, I've been able to share a little bit more, but Truly, the story that is so powerful, the most powerful thing about this is that I was reunited with my family yes, after almost yeah. a decade wow. of being oh my gosh. being apart. Yeah. And I, I don't want to say apart. Um, however, it was a very strained relationship. Yeah. Um, I missed holidays. I missed birthdays. I missed a lot of really pivotal moments, and, it, and it's painful. Mm-hmm. It's painful to look back and see pictures that I wasn't a part of or mm-hmm. hear stories that I wasn't there for. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Again, just like God's redeeming love, like he has restored our family. And he did a really mm. cool work, a really powerful work, not only in my heart, but in my parents' hearts as well during that time that when we were separated, like we were truly able to kind of sift through just like the crud, mm-hmm. right? Sift mm-hmm. through the crud so that now that we have reentered that relationship, my relationship with my parents looks totally different mm. and it's way healthier. And it's just, it's adult to adult. It's not adult to child. Like we're really, we're entering into this relationship. There's, there's respect, there is love, there's understanding. And I won't sugarcoat it. Like there's still stuff that is going to come up. We're human. Right. However, I think we, the three of us have more tools to deal with. For sure. With these things now. I know I have more tools to deal with a lot of, a lot of things. Um, and so anyways, just to tie a, a bow on all of this. Um, yes. So that woman who, reached out. So we we did find out later on that there were multiple women. Mm. Um, and so I really don't hold any like resentment towards them. And we've had great conversations. I'm actually friends with these women mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. believe it or not. And it's it's really interesting just to see how our lives have kind of been woven together through one person. Yeah. And um, it's just really neat to hear their stories and 
and I don't, I, it's not even that I need to forgive them because they, they were fooled just like I was fooled. Yeah. And, um, and so really, hmm. really where my heart is now today is I, I want to be an encouragement to other people who've walked through really crappy cir- circumstances in life, walked through the valleys, because it's only when you've walked through a valley and you're on that mountaintop that you can really savor it. Yeah. And there's just so much goodness. I mean, I could go on for days about the lessons I've learned, um, but I truly do believe just like God can work out. He can really make beauty from ashes. And that's mm-hmm. that's my story. Like that's my testimony that I had no idea that my marriage of seven and a half years would come unraveled in a single day. Yeah. And here I am to talk about it and and share and point back to all the times that I was protected, provided for, cared for when I had no idea what was going on. Mm. So lots of, lots of cool things have happened and I'm just in a sweet season of life now. So um, it's really cool and it's really neat how God is using this story to reach people. So yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, I think it's so cool because something I heard you say multiple times was how throughout your marriage and throughout that relationship, not having a reference of like, Mm -hmm. is this, you know, this doesn't feel normal, but I don't know. I'm kind of stuck in it. And I think God can really use you and is using you to be that reference for other people in a similar situation so that they can hear from your story. Like, okay, yeah, this isn't normal. Like Mm -hmm. this isn't what God has for me. That's really, really cool to be able to use what he did through you, how he pulled you out of the pit to help Mm -hmm. others. Yeah. There's, wow. That's so powerful. Thank you. Like seriously, I had like a lot going through my mind because and not like anything bad. It's just like the, I think, awe of the Lord's hand in your whole, mm-hmm. yeah, the whole, your whole life, <laughs> essentially, especially the last 10 years. And like, I, it's funny because for context for everyone listening, I, we had met only like not too long ago, right? Probably a couple months ago. A couple months. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I see Gina like every morning at the gym. So we, we chat here and there, but you're just like so joyful. And like, Aww, thank you. I can tell like the, the the spirit of God has like uh, um, sustained you and is residing in you, admits everything that's you've been through, you know, and like only the Lord can do that. Right. And it's like, and praise God for that. Yeah. Because like anyone else who doesn't have God's spirit in them going through a similar situation would be so devastated. Mm-hmm. And it really just shows uh, that you are on Christ solid foundation thank you anyways to affirm you like i was just like wow it's crazy yeah Yeah, so that's neat that you chose the word joy yeah because that's a word that i have been told a lot lately and it's it's so neat it's so neat to hear that and it's it's not me it's like totally what god's doing in my life so i just get to be a part of it and um there's a lot, yeah. There's a lot there, but thank you for yeah, that. Yeah, I appreciate it for sure. Well, we're excited to ask some questions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> okay, so thank you again so much for coming on and taking the time to be able to share all that God's done in your story over the last couple of years. The first question I have is something that I thought of when you were sharing, mm-hmm. and. It's kind of not specific to uh, you know a certain part of your story that story that you shared, but it I think you would have good insight into this. So a scenario that I see play out or that I've seen kind of play out a couple times in my life, and 
you know, to different extents, but you were kind of talking about the, when you get stuck in the us versus them mm-hmm. part of a relationship and you had people in your life that, you know, loved mm-hmm. you and cared for you and they're trying to help you see what they can see. And, but sometimes that process, even though it's well-intentioned, it doesn't end up working or it doesn't end up going the right way. And it creates even more, even more distance and even more isolation like from going through it and now from the other side, I'm curious, like what advice, if you had a friend going through something similar, how would you help guide them? Because you run the risk. Like I know, let's say, you know, you have a family member who's like, Hey, what you need to get out of this relationship, but then potentially that can be severed and you can end up being even more isolated. Right. So how would you suggest someone to handle Mm, that? Good question. First of all, it's a great question. Yeah. So I think, Anytime we enter into a relationship, whether it be friendship or more than that, it could be a parent, what, right? Mm-hmm. There's love. And uh, there's an old quote, like, to, to love is to risk. Like, you, mm-hmm. it, it's just part of the game, right? Yeah. It's part mm-hmm. of it. And I think there's, there's certainly ways to go about it. And I, I can speak from both sides. How about that? Yeah. So from, from the person, from my vantage point, when I was the one in the relationship, in the not great relationship, and I had people coming to me, I think first and foremost, affirming that person, mm-hmm. affirming mm-hmm. that you are speaking to them out of love, yes. right? Like, hey, I love you. And because I love you, I'm going to share something kind of hard with yeah. you. And prefacing it in such a way that they understand that it is well-intentioned. Because even if we have the best intentions, if we're not speaking those, that recipient may not Mm -hmm. hear that. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think first and foremost, just kind of prefacing it and just being open. Like, hey, I love you and I would love to share something with you if you'll receive it. And just know that I am telling you from the best place of my heart Mm -hmm. and I fill in the blank, right? Yeah. Um. I think conversely, for for someone being told that message, so I, that was me being told the message, I mentioned earlier I was very prideful mm. at the time. And I think just having that vantage point that when your loved ones are telling you something that's really hard to hear, know that it is really hard for them to say that, yeah. first and foremost. Oh, well, yeah. And, yeah, and so being true. open to just receiving it, you don't have to agree with it. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Give it a few days. Yeah. Think about it. And it's okay if you would admit that they are right. Like, that's yes. okay. And yeah. I think for me in that moment, in that point of my life, I was so prideful and like, I know best and I know what's blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And I didn't. In hindsight, I really wish I would have listened. Well, so, it, you know, and it's yeah. hard in the moment because it's not one of those things where if you realize like, hey, you're right and I've been wrong on this, there's big implications from that, like that are going to affect your relationship. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard. And I think our natural instinct is to like want to protect that. Yes. Yeah. But your insight's super valuable. And I think that's so true to, to realize on both sides, like, Hey, this is a hard conversation. Mm -hmm. And at least I think it's important communicating, Hey, here's where I'm coming from. I like you said I love you reaffirming mm-hmm. that and no matter what after this conversation we still have that same yes. connection that same friendship relationship and it's not yes. like an ultimatum or Absolutely. And I will just add a little 
side note to this, sprinkle this in because I think this is going to resonate with a few people, maybe more women than men. Mm-hmm. But um, at the time, I really bought into the lie that it was too late for me to start over. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a huge driving force mm-hmm. behind going forward with it. Right yeah. or wrong, now is wrong. I understand that. But at the time, I didn't know. And I just thought, hmm. it's too late. Yeah, I've invested too much of my life, too much time, too much energy, too much love mm. into this relationship to start over. Mm-hmm. And for context, everybody, I was 24. Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was 24 <laughs> years old. I mm. had plenty of time. Yeah. And now I look back at that and I'm just like, really, Gina? Like, younger me, like, really? You thought it was over? It was too late? In the moment, so, it's like, it so feels that way. Yes, but. yes. And I just, I really bought into the social pressures that... um oh, I need to be married and everyone around me is married. So what's yeah. wrong with me? Yeah. And I caved into that social pressure. And mm-hmm. I, if I could go back and tell myself a few things, that would be one of them. Mm-hmm. Like it's not too late for you. Mm-hmm. And so no matter how old you are, it's not too late for you. Mm-hmm. Your story is not over. It is not too late. And God can still use you. That's good. I was, I was literally going to ask that question to you. So another thing, what would you ask or advise people maybe in that similar season right now, whether they're dating, they're married, engaged, whatever, you're hearing a lot of things that you don't want to hear. Maybe you're a stubborn guy or girl. What would you tell those people um, outside of what probably was being said to them right now? Mm-hmm. Like going, going, like knowing what you've been walking, what you've walked through and the value you, yeah. uh, God brought you out of, what would you tell those people right now? If, if anyone's listening in a situation like similar that. situation yeah. that's a really good question i'm this is one of those questions i'll think about more after we're finished recording For sure. yeah <laughs> um yeah. but just off the top of my head i think i would just say to that person that you know you are more than enough mm-hmm. just as you are mm-hmm. you don't need a man or a woman to complete you mm-hmm. like if your identity truly is in christ like you are enough yeah mm-hmm. you are loved you don't have to go and do more be more yeah whatever it's good to be loved and be accepted. Like you are enough. And I would also say to that person, like be willing, be willing to open your heart up to the possibility that your loved ones are right. Yeah. That's good. Just the possibility. I'm not saying they are. Yeah. But the possibility that what if, Yeah. what if what is being spoken into your life right now really is true. Mm. And, um, that was actually spoken into me. Hmm. Uh, when I brought just a tangent back to my story, when I first got that text message from that woman, I went to a friend, a very trusted friend, and I I showed her everything. And I just kept saying to myself, this can't be, it can't be, this is not mm-hmm. happening, it's not happening. And she so eloquently, she put the phone down, she took my hands and she said, but what if it is? Mm. And just those powerful words, but what if it is? Dang, and that so just true. opened up the door mm-hmm. for me to be like, yeah, what What if? Mm-hmm. And I think the what if, that's a slippery slope because the what if game can get very, very yeah. slippery. However, yeah. if you're in one of those situations, I think your intuition and your gut knows. Mm-hmm. I really do. Mm-hmm. That would yeah. be another thing I would say, just listen to your intuition listen yeah, to your gut that's good mm-hmm. i feel like and I'm, cu- I'm curious what you think but i think it's okay to test things and anything that is you know truly strong and will stand up can be tested like you were saying and 
you know, thinking about if someone, no matter what it is, if it's about a relationship, I'm thinking about, you know, for me with my faith, if someone from the outside has a question like, hey, are you sure that that's true? Or here's what we think. I think it's completely okay to see if that's true or not. And I just noticed for myself when I get really defensive and I'm like, no, that's not true. That can't be true. Absolutely not. You're wrong. You're completely wrong. I'm completely right. It's actually those things are the things I have the most doubt about. And so I guess point being, if someone came to me, mm-hmm. I think I would be, first of all, thankful or I, I would be you know, happy that I have that kind of relationship with them where they're able to come to me. Then I would, I would say it's worthwhile to look into it just from yeah. like a neutral perspective, because if even if it's not true, it should reaffirm truth. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's a good point, because anytime we test truth, truth is truth, no matter yeah. the circumstances. Sure. So, yep. um, you know, speaking of your faith, if someone has questions, that's a great time to grow in your own faith. Yeah. Not to Amen. just flippantly dismiss the question. So anyways, I yeah, I agree with that. Truth is truth, no matter what. And so just opening up to, hmm, I wonder why this is, or hmm. why do I believe what I believe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a great point. I also like what you said, like um, your gut reaction, because those of us who love the Lord, we have the Holy Spirit who mm-hmm. kind of gives us gut checks every, a lot of the time. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. They're usually yeah. like, right, and mm-hmm. they're stemmed off of the Word of God and truth of like, hey, yeah. something in, innately in me a.k.a. the Holy Spirit is giving me an alarm right now. And I love what you said. It's like, let's have an awareness and like, what was that? Turn back or turn towards, right? Confront. Confront. Like, look, because there is a reason why something in you is alarming you. Mm -hmm. And it's most likely God (laughs) residing in you if you love Jesus. Yeah. For the right reasons. Yes. And so, yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. Another point to build on that too is that I've learned a lot over the last few years of how to uh, build self-trust and trusting my gut Mm. and learning Mm -hmm. to trust my gut Mm -hmm. and looking back on this and realizing that more often than not, I was right. When my Mm -hmm. gut was telling me something or to your point, Vaughn, of when we have the Holy Spirit in us Mm -hmm. and he's prompting us or kind of tugging at strings, more often than not, follow that because it it's probably true. Yeah. Even so, if it sucks or it's hard to totally. hear or be it, like give attention to, mm-hmm. it's like it's worth it. Totally. In the long run. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And if multiple things, if your gut is saying this and the people around you are saying something and it aligns yeah, with God's word. Yep. Yes. Do no it. brainer. I think it's yeah. time. But I think it's so that, hard in the moment. In that, yeah. in that instance, it's time for a pause. Mm, yeah. Let's you don't evaluate. have to take action yeah. that day, yeah. but it's time to pause and evaluate. Yeah. Because yeah. if, yeah, to your point, if you have, not only your gut is telling you something's mm-hmm. wrong, people around you are telling something is wrong. And then you're reading scripture and you're like, ooh, I'm mm. feeling really convicted right now. Chances are something is probably wrong. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think sure. just taking pause and another really like great, wisdom nugget that I picked up along the way was don't make decisions in the highs and the lows. Mm, And so So in the highs, meaning like you're Mm -hmm. just so high on life and excited and great. Don't make big decisions then because it's emotional. Judgment is skewed. Conversely, don't make decisions in the lows because your judgment is skewed. So take, give it, give it some time, a few days, process through it. It's just a pause. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Or if you're a sports fan, a timeout. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Look at take it. a timeout. Yes, take a timeout. Yeah. yeah, 
for sure. No, that's really good. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Something I would love if you could take a couple minutes to go more into is I'm really thankful you shared the story when you were at that retreat in 2019 mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. lifeboat simulation scenario. I'm going to use that with my students, by the way. <laughs> Great. I love it. <laughs> you should do it. Um, and I think you made a really good point. And what God taught you through it is really powerful. And I think you said it was kind of counterintuitive or maybe kind of goes against like the gut feeling a lot of people have uh, that are believers of, wait, I should, you know, Jesus put other people first. I shouldn't put myself first. I should be self-sacrificial, which in general, yes, like Jesus did lay down his life for us. At the same time, Jesus knew he had value. He knew why Mm -hmm. he was doing that. And Jesus wasn't telling the Pharisees like, yep, you're right. I, everything I'm saying is not true. I'm not the son of God. Like he still stood on truth, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm just wondering if you could talk more about how it is God honoring to put yourself first, even though I'm sure when you say that, there are some people who are like, wait, what? You know, but I agree with you. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's important because you can get, if you get into this mindset of like, you need to be submissive, you should never put yourself first, then you can get into unhealthy spots. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a good point. And that's something I'm still pulling at the threads and untangling myself. And so I would say right now, the biggest lesson I learned from that, and I guess the truth to back it up is that mm-hmm. we can't love others fully. We we can't love them from an empty place. No, so true. And, and we can't, scripturally speaking, we can't pour from an empty cup mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. And so if we are not being filled up and we don't have that... Um, that love and that substance within us, how are we to love others? Mm-hmm. And and that's what Jesus tells us, like, love one another. Like, yeah. love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, if you don't love yourself, so, you know. True. If yeah. you don't love true. yourself, how are you supposed to love another? Yeah. And so that was a lesson for me hmm. of, like, what does that truly look like? I know that God loves me, but I didn't fully believe it. Mm. And what does that mm-hmm. look like to fully believe it and take on that identity? Yeah. And that's where that that powerful analogy came in of, Jesus, or Jesus, yes, he does live. Amen. <laughs> but, but G, like where, where Gina lives, the little yeah. popsicle uh-huh. stick. And yeah. Yeah. that was truly like such a pivotal moment because I realized I can't, I can't love others and impact others for the kingdom when I'm just a doormat. Yes. And 100%. yeah. And so I don't, does that answer your question? No, it of does. Pouring from, pouring yeah. from a very full place. And the only way we can get filled up is truly being in a vertical relationship Yes. With God on a daily basis, and He has given us an identity in His Son, so we can live that out every yeah. single day. And Completely. so, when we take on that identity, like mm-hmm. we are truly, we're adopted. Mm-hmm. We are adopted. When we know our identity, then we can share that with others. But when we don't know who we are. We're just kind of roaming around, wandering, not really quite sure of anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think getting very clear on where your identity is and where your value and your worth comes from means everything yes so yeah and claiming that claiming it yes well yeah we're all image bearers Mm -hmm. and we have value and i think it looks like like i'm just trying to think of like a scenario maybe that most people just go through like I'm, i'm just imagining myself if i'm at work and a coworker says something really hurtful about me in a meeting or does something really rude i don't need to you know, make a huge deal about it right at that moment. 
Um, but also, I don't think God's calling me to, like you said, be a doormat mm-hmm. and just say, wow, thank you for hurting me. And thank you for saying lies about me. Like in, in that scenario, I'm thinking like it would be valuable to go to that person and say, hey, what you said was not helpful and not true. You know, I, I still respect you. You're my coworker and I you know we're on the same team. We're going to do the best that we can, but I'm not okay with that. And here's how I treat you. Can you mm-hmm. treat me the same way? Yeah. And that's that's putting yourself first, but that's not like self-centered. Do you know what I mean? Correct. And yeah. so I just, I'm glad that you hit on it because I think that people can get into scenarios that God never intended them to. Mm-hmm. And they f- think that they're doing what something that's God honoring. But actually, you know, God does want you to stand up for yourself. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think the word that's coming to my mind is boundaries. Boundaries. Mm -hmm. And having a lack of boundaries is a dangerous place to be. Mm -hmm. And a a Mm -hmm. lot of people, myself included, for many years thought that boundaries were like a brick wall Mm -hmm. that no one goes in, no one comes out, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's just a brick wall when really boundaries are a gate. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. get to determine when that gate opens and when that gate closes. Mm -hmm. Another analogy would be like a living room. You can close the blinds on your living room. If stuff is happening outside and you're like, I need space, you can close the blinds on your your living room. But I've learned a lot about boundaries in the last few years. And Mm -hmm. that's another... Another topic for another time, but Topical yeah, one. yeah. But having boundaries is huge. so huge. And so God, huge. it honors God when yes. we have healthy boundaries. I can yes. speak from my own experience in the past as a new believer. I think I would try to help people mm-hmm. and it would get to a point where I couldn't healthily do what they were asking me to do. It, yep. I was completely exhausted and worn out, yep. but I thought, oh, you know, I'm a believer. I need to be like Christ. I need to keep giving, giving, giving. It would get to the point where I'd be really mad. Mm-hmm. And the reality is looking back, like, why was I doing that? Mm-hmm. Like, ultimately, yeah. God's the only one that can sustain them. I shouldn't try to be God. I should just love them in the way that I can as it fits into healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you think about the way that God created the heavens and the earth. Yeah. Boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a boundary for water. There's a boundary for yeah. land. Oh, like, yes. there, there yeah. are boundaries for everything. It's, it's who he is. It's his nature to have yeah. boundaries. Yeah. And oftentimes, I think we as believers take the the misconstrued thought of we need to just be doormats mm-hmm. and let everyone walk all over us and mm-hmm. that's that's not, not true. true and so mm-hmm. i'm i just am really thankful you shared that yeah yeah i am too i i think clay and, our, clay and i are very similar in that we love to just give 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 mm-hmm. uh to a fault where mm-hmm. we're like okay we're exhausted and i've experienced that too and just learning of like okay what is a boundary that's not like you said like a brick wall but mm-hmm. a gate or the blinds. I like what you said. That was a good mm-hmm. analogy. Cause, and like my own personal experience, like I struggle hard with that because of what you just said, Clay, of like, uh, Christ did this. He served, like, he was the most popular person ever to walk the earth. Yeah. Like, he had yeah. so many people to attend to, so many people who hated him, but so many people also loved him. And so, like, he had so many reasons to like be busy and like to serve, serve, serve. But I, Whenever I run into a situation like that, I always go back on his word and the stories where he literally took time to spend time with the Father yes. before he mm-hmm. went out and ministered mm-hmm. again. I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus, for modeling yeah. that and reminding me that because I'm only human. We're all only human. Yes. And so, And just like, it's hard. Like, we can't just like, me and Clay, when we were in college, it was easy. We were, we were able to be with people. We were single. We were both had 
we're in relationships and, but it's like, we had a lot more flexibility, but when you're married, it's like you want you, your calls to be for your bride mm-hmm. and your family and stuff. And then everyone else, mm-hmm. not saying, not neglecting everyone else, but like yeah. priorities too, as well, order and boundaries. And so yes. I love that you said that. Cause I was, that's reminded me. And like, I was just like, dang, I actually confess. I was like, ah, I don't like hearing that because scripturally I'm like, see Jesus serve. But I'm like, okay. He also took time alone. Mm-hmm. And so, so important. And, it's know, hard. It's hard for me. Yeah, <laughs> Honestly. No, it is yeah. hard. And I, I think just at least a way for me to check myself is if someone is like upset about a boundary that I made, mm-hmm. I should take that before the Lord and say, Hey God, you know, should I be prioritizing this other thing more in this moment? But I shouldn't just, you know, go based on the, the fact that the other person wants, wants something more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and ultimately that's up to, that's up to God, but we can't, we have limitations yes. and also we have value and we're always called to hold up the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if someone is not valuing you, then a hundred percent, God wouldn't desire you to, to, you know, belittle yourself who is an image bearer of him. I will say with boundaries, if you're wanting to learn more about it, there's a lot of great resources out there. Yes. Dr. Henry Cloud is like, Mm. deemed the the father of boundaries he wrote mm. a book entitled boundaries yeah and yeah. i've learned yeah, a, a good ton book. about it and so if this is a new topic for you or not something you're very familiar with i highly recommend his resources because i learned it a lot about what does a boundary look like mm-hmm. and to that point of if you establish a boundary and someone is not respecting that it is not your job to make them respect your boundary your yeah. job is to then follow through with what the boundary is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's our job. Okay. And right? that's not necessarily, you aren't disobeying God by Correct. respecting a boundary. Yes. That the, even if you just read the first chapter of that book, I promise you, you will feel like convicted and you'll see yourself in it in one way or another. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a great resource. If boundaries are something you're not familiar with or need work on. Yeah. Highly mm-hmm. recommend it. Um, I love the simple quote you said that love is a verb. Mm. Can you expand a little bit more on that? Because I agree a hundred percent. I think there's gotta be action behind the words that you say, like, I love you. I want to serve you. This is, and then back it up. Yeah. Why is that so important? Why is that countercultural too? It's a great question. Well, there's a lot of, we can go in a lot of different directions on this, but I'm going to try to keep it simple. Um, I, In my quiet time in my journal, I journaled one time about a year ago how God defines love versus how the world defines love. Mm -hmm. And all I did was I just literally I took 1 Corinthians 13. Mm -hmm. Love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy. It does not boast. So on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Those are all actions, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And having patience with someone, having kindness with someone. And then I just did the opposite. On the other side of the paper, I wrote the opposite of Mm -hmm. that. Love is mean. It is easily Mm -hmm. angered. Mm -hmm. Uh, All of those things. And I could quickly see the difference between the two. Mm -hmm. And I realized more and more that I had been told that he quote unquote loved me. And none of what he did represented that left Mm -hmm. side of the page. Mm -hmm. There was hardly any patience, Mm -hmm. hardly any kindness. And so it was at that time I was able to really see and delineate between, oh, 
yeah, he was just saying these things, but there was actually no action behind it. Mm-hmm. Because when you love somebody, you do things for them, you serve them, right? right? right. And it's true love is not self-seeking. Mm-hmm. You're putting that other person in, in front of yourself. Yeah. And um, so that was watching, I guess not watching, but looking back now, that's something I'm very keen, like keenly aware of is, yes, I hear what people say, but I'm more watching for what people do mm, and yep. how they do it yeah. because that's that's going to be the character of somebody. Mm-hmm. And and so for anyone who's in a relationship now and they're wondering, you know, is this does this person love me or not? I would just say you don't even have to open your mouth or hear them speak. You just look at their actions. Yeah, that's yeah. and not just over a few days, but over the course of time. Yes, you really start to see that. So that was a. I wish I. File that under, I wish I knew that sooner. <laughs> so uh, That's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, to add on a question to that question, Gina, maybe this is something that we could discuss here together. So then here's a hypothetical. So if someone says they love someone else and they serve them and do all these things, can they, can that person, is there a, distinct, a distinction between when they serve of like showing God's love versus the world's love? Does that make sense? So of like, can you say you love someone and then do all these good stuff, but not know the Lord and it's all for, like, can you still be sacrificially loving without knowing Jesus? Oh, interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I would think of like a, a maybe a, an unyoked uh, relationship sure. or, you know. I think for a time, yes. Yeah. Okay. For a time. I think long term. There's some limitations. I think, yeah, yeah. I think there's limitations there because going back to boundaries and being filled and pouring from a full cup, Mm -hmm. if you are not being poured into, eventually your your cup is going to run dry. Yeah. And so, are there great relationships that are not God centered? Absolutely, Mm -hmm. there are. Mm -hmm. And I will say, I I don't, I can't speak from experience, but I don't think they're as fulfilling Mm -hmm. as those that have the Lord with them Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. that's God is love. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Like yeah. he is love. And so, and it's the agape love. Yeah. 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 Right. C.S. And Lewis. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Love it's that. the agape love. And I think our world gets very mixed up with phileo, which is like that friendship love. The brotherly love. love. Yep. Uh-huh. The brotherly love. Uh-huh. And then the eros love, which is the physical the love. Yeah. Yep. Physical, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so we get those confused and our emotions get yeah. wild and we, we don't actually look at the true agape love, yeah. which is sacrifice. It's self-sacrificing yeah. and it's, Serving and mm-hmm. all of those things. Well, even so. the the fourth love, the just the normal French or like a everyday love. I can't remember what, what that is in the Greek. What is the because there's four loves, right? Yes, Leo, Eros, one. Agape, and then the other one's just kind of like relational day to day. You see yes. each other. You're familiar. A oh, familiar love. I think sure. it's familiar or something like that. But anyways, that's something that people can get confused with too, as mm-hmm. well. Or it all mixes. Yeah, and it's not. Then you don't see. Oh. God's love is actually superior to all of it, and you're getting caught up in the weeds with mm-hmm. all the other types of love. Yeah. And so, I, C.S. Lewis, you're the man. R.I.P. <laughs> I, 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 I'm rereading Four Loves, so that's cool. Oh, that you, man. You know, it's, that's neat. It's so good. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm completely with you, and I think, for me, it's interesting because even, you know, think, think about what, there are 7 billion people who are alive right now and the majority don't know Jesus as their savior, mm-hmm. but we all, even if you've never heard the name of Christ, 
we all have some common grace as far as we're all living on this earth and experiencing God's love in some way, mm-hmm. right? And so I think even if someone's not a follower of Christ, the love that they show in their relationship is still a reflection of God's love for us. Mm-hmm. But where I think it could really break down is in an ideal world, which is not the case because we're sinful, but if you're in a healthy relationship that's centered around Christ, when the other person lets you down, mm-hmm. you still have the firm your firm foundation on the rock, right? right? Yeah, well said. Um, I think for an earthly relationship, you can love really well, but your foundation is that other person's love, and they will let you down. Yeah, mm-hmm. just like in a Absolutely. in a Christian relationship, really well the person will let you down too. Yep. But when that other person lets you down, if you don't know the Lord, I think you're really shook. Yeah, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Yeah, your yeah. expectation uh, is it's in that, and your hope is in that yeah. other person trying to fulfill for the other person, mm-hmm. whereas actually you're getting fulfilled by the Lord's love. Yeah, and that's your motivation, your why, mm-hmm. and so, and that's hard to wrap your like that's hard to wrap your mind around and. Hopefully we explained that well to yeah. those listening. <laughs> Hopefully. We can always go we to We are not perfect. Topic. We're not we're not perfect. We just We are not C.S. Lewis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Exactly. So, uh you got one last question? Yeah. You? I guess one one question, one final question I'd have for you. I think uh, first of all, I'm glad you shared about the Boundaries book as a resource that people could go to. And feel free to take this any direction that you want. But I know you mentioned uh, at the end there, you mentioned that recently you've been in therapy and that's been a helpful way to process through everything. And just for our listeners, I know for me, I've been in therapy for the last year. It's been really, really helpful for me. I'm curious if you could talk about how the Lord's used that. Mm -hmm. And just if you would recommend to our listeners, you know, if it's been beneficial to you and. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great question. So first of all, I will say this. Therapy is not for those who are weak mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would say the opposite. I would say if you are in therapy, you are one of the strong ones mm-hmm. because it's going to therapy is not a sign of weakness. It's showing that, hey, I know there's broken pieces in me and I know I need help. Mm-hmm. And that's truly like that's the most beautiful part of a person. And so getting help is not a sign of weakness mm-hmm. at all. And mm-hmm. we all need it. We are all broken humans. We all are in broken relationships, like it's just messy out there. Right? Yeah. It's just messy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was actually seeing therapists for quite a few years throughout the relationship that I was in throughout my marriage, a couple different therapists actually. Mm-hmm. And so uh, since that time, I've actually called them back and mm-hmm. said, hey, like here's what came of this because mm-hmm. they often don't get to hear the other side of things. And so yeah. it was really cool to kind of close the loop on that. Like, mm. hey, remember when we were talking about X, Y, and Z. Well, here's what happened and wow. mind blown. Yeah. And anyways, I am in therapy. Actually, that's I'm getting back into therapy. But mm-hmm. I was in therapy for quite a few years, had an incredible therapist. And I will say, do your research just like you would do your research on buying a car. Yeah. Do your research on finding a therapist. They yeah, are yeah. not all created equal. Yeah, and so if it's not a good fit out of the gate, that's okay. Yeah. You can go for find sure. somebody else. For sure. Um you really want to find someone who aligns with your values. So for me, it's very important that I have a, a Christian therapist because yeah. they're going to be speaking from either the world or from the from biblical standards. Yeah. It's important to me. So find out what your standards and your values are and find someone who aligns with that. And it's okay to shop around a little bit. Yeah, And you may, sure. the first few times of therapy may not be great because you are going to be kind of telling them, 
your story and it just feels kind of, you just have to like rehash everything. Um, but I will say that there's different types of therapy that I've, I've been involved in that have been really, really helpful. One of them was EMDR therapy Mm. and Mm -hmm. really cool. There's a lot of science behind it, but it's connecting the left and the right hemispheres of the brain. Mm. And so uh, typically a traditional EMDR therapy, you're looking at a light going across Mm -hmm. the screen. And in my therapy, I actually did, they had little like buzzers that you hold in your hands that buzz from like left hand to right hand. And there's very little talk. Almost no talk, actually. Mm-hmm. And it really is connecting your brain and it's allowing your brain to bring up memories and then you're processing through those memories. Mm-hmm. I had incredible experiences with the EMDR therapy. And another type of therapy that has been tremendously helpful is somatic processing. Mm-hmm. And traditional therapy is from, they call it top down, which is you start in your brain and then rarely you get into your body right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And with somatic therapy, you start in the body. Mm -hmm. And so it's bottom up processing, Mm -hmm. which basically just means like they're identifying, hey, you're holding a lot of tension in your shoulders or Mm -hmm. um, I I don't know, like Mm -hmm. I feel tightness in my chest or in my throat or whatever. And identifying the areas of your body that are holding the tension and then letting the brain kind of catch up. And that's cool. It's really neat. There's a lot of science behind Mm -hmm. it. And as a believer, I was a little skeptical at first, like, is this woo-woo and, I don't know, kind of <laughs> yeah, weird. Yeah, sure. I know what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, but honestly, I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? Like, God created us as physical, spiritual beings, mm-hmm. and so it's very intertwined. And we in the Western world do not like to talk about our feelings. We don't want to talk about our, like, what's happening in our bodies, but truly, like, yeah. s- trauma is stored in the tissues. Yeah. Another great yeah. resource that I will share is a book called The Body Keeps the Score. Mm, yeah. And an incredible book, but it talks all about this, about somatic processing mm-hmm. and really the origination of PTSD. Mm-hmm. And um, the soldiers who came home from Vietnam and yeah. we didn't have the resources back then. We, I was not alive then, but that, <laughs> people, yeah. Yeah, I don't people mean, didn't boy. have the resources <laughs> yeah. back then to understand what PTSD is and so mm. they just threw them all into psych wards. Mm. It's so sad. And so yeah. now realizing that a lot of them had trauma stored in their body. And if you are someone listening who has experienced trauma, whether that be a big T trauma, like some type of like physical abuse mm-hmm. or little T trauma, lots of little things mm. that have happened, more than likely you have stuff stored in your body. Mm-hmm. And I can almost say with certainty, you have stuff stored in your body Mm -hmm. and you've got to work through that. And so getting into therapy and um, back to the original question, I'm getting back into therapy now because I know that I still have a lot of things to process through, especially, you know, entering, I'm not in a relationship, but should I enter into one? Mm -hmm. I don't want to bring baggage into that relationship. I want to be able to process through that and, and be a healthy version of me for that. And yeah. I have no problem saying I'm going to go to therapy. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that's good. So, I I too am going through therapy right now as well uh, since February, and it's it's funny because Meg too, my wife is she's done the um, EMDR, mm-hmm. and I'm actually doing the 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 other one that you said the body up somatic somatic yes. yeah. It's funny because, and it actually ties into what you said earlier of like how we're not really good at processing emotions, mm-hmm. and my therapist is that's her specialty and i'm really bad actually that's actually what i went in for just to like get ahead like get in a healthy spot with like 
identifying my emotions mm-hmm. and like and she even taught me that like like before our session starts she's like we're in your body like when we do our like breathing like we're in your body have you felt tension mm-hmm. like hands chest a lot of it is chest for me and yeah. so anyways it's really really good and healthy like like you said don't be ashamed like yes. um you'd rather it's better to go than to not go mm-hmm. um and i love that it's like being talked about more like people are like cheering yeah. people on yeah especially being in like a christian like a faith-based yes. counseling center like we're it's actually your therapist actually prays with you and you know and stuff like that so it's amazing yeah no i love that we uh, that's so funny because that was actually my question that we're, I, I had that same question we're on the same wavelength we, we we do this <laughs> yeah that's why this is why we do this i guess but <laughs> yeah but um no thank you for sharing yeah, yeah. because i think Christina, yeah. like my perspective to anyone who maybe you know hasn't gone into therapy or thinks like you said thinks that that's the sign of weakness kind of my experience has been hey you're going to process what you go through regardless. It's not mm-hmm. like it's not like you're just going to go throughout life and things just bounce off of you. Like we process everything we go through. Mm-hmm. And for me, my therapist has just been like a great coach and like okay, why do you process it that way? Like oh, you you know, the way you process that situation was mm-hmm. was good, but okay, in this other situation, let's talk about that. You know, cuz that maybe is coming from something that you experienced growing up or and so you're going to process everything you go through. I think, you know, we see the value in physical trainers, right? Helping you be able to yeah, be, totally. be more physically fit. We see the value in, I think, life coaches and career coaches. It's the same kind of thing. Yeah. It's yep. just for our mental. Yeah. And yes. It's important for sure. Oh, yeah. oh, that's what I was going to hit on. You remind me of the, the one of the biggest pluses too, is that like having someone there to call, like what you said, power and naming things mm-hmm. like, when someone fresh third party has no skin in the game yeah and here's something that you say and calls out yeah it something about it you're just like oh wow wow yeah, yeah. that I didn't outside even realize that outside perspective that fresh perspective yes like there's power in just even in that yes if anything go for that like people like, for sure outside of people who are around you mm-hmm. from a day to day someone who's just has nothing to gain from it. <laughs> yeah, but, they, like, they, for, but for your benefit right yes. just so like true. calling stuff out so Anyways, yeah, naming it. Yeah. That was so powerful for me. Yeah. When we had that session and she named it. Yeah. Oh, man. It it's, changed everything. Yeah, it is it's it is powerful. Mm-hmm. Well, Gina, thank you. This, yeah. we, I feel like we could go on and on and on. I know. We'll have to bring you on for another, whether it's, you know, a counseling episode or like talking about that or boundaries, whatever yeah. it is. We'd love to have you back I on, would love but. to. This is such a blessing to me as well. So yeah. thank you for, Vaughn, thank you for asking me. Yeah, it's such sure. a neat such a neat way that we connected uh-huh. and um, now I get to meet you as well. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for letting me and letting me share my story and giving me a platform to share because I, I do think there's a lot of encouragement and I hope that people, whether they relate to the full story or just parts of it, I yeah. hope that people leave here encouraged. For so, sure. That's I know my, I do. That's my yes, prayer. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks. I'm excited for this draft. Awesome. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now time for the draft. Uh, Gina, I think this was your idea for the draft, and I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be really fun. Today, we're going to be drafting 90s, 2000s songs. Yes. Uh, we get five picks each. Uh, Gina, uh, guest of honor, your number one pick. I'll be second, Clay, and then we'll snake around, so we'll come back. And mm. then we do get an honorable mention, but this is going to be ex- a very 
Very fun. I'm I'm very excited and interested <laughs> to see what we what we pick here. So we're gonna go song and artist. Okay. So because I think some will have different artists or do we get to play um, the songs in the background? Uh, Just kidding. We we can. I will not sing it, them. I refuse to sing. Them. <laughs> <laughs> but if you catch me at the gym, I'm more than this likely jamming, jamming, jamming to some of these. Yeah. Yes. So, so good. Uh, you're gonna start off, Gina. What's the number okay. one pick? Number one pick for me. No diggity. Oh, nice. That's a really good one. Um, I know. That's why I chose it. <laughs> so it, what, what part why? of your workout would you, oh. would you listen to that song? Is that, is that a cardio song? Is that a... No, this is weightlifting. Yeah, like gotta sure. get gotta backyard. get in the zone. Yeah, we can play in the background. Yeah, we can. I can edit it in. Yeah, it's a great song. I'll give um, it a Not gonna lie. Why is it your number one pick? Everyone yeah. knows that song. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. you can't yeah. help but like dance when you hear that. It come makes on. you move. Mm-hmm. It makes you move. It makes you feel cool. Yeah, like everyone just feels like yeah. a baller when you oh, listen to that song. Yeah. So let's be real. Let my pants sag a little bit. Crossing lines. Yeah, <laughs> we are I'm crossing setting a boundary. <laughs> boundaries. Respect my boundaries. Yeah, <laughs> boundaries. Um, okay. Okay. Crap. I, I don't. I'm either going to be really respected for this pick after your pick, or kind of trash on. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I'm going to go. I think I'm going to be secure in my identity here. I'm going. Where's the love by the Black Eyed Peas? Oh, yeah. Is that 2000? I looked it up. Yeah. What? Yeah. I, yeah. That's I a like, great song. That's a great. That's song. like one of my favorite songs. That's a great ever. song. Uh, shout out to Caesar. I know it's his favorite song too, as well. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna go with. Go with I that. haven't just, heard just, that song in a long time. Yeah, it's a good song. Just like the message of it behind it still it yes. relates to every era, era for sure, especially now. So, anyways, yes. that's my first pick. So my first pick, I'm gonna go with. So I also, I guess I don't know how this will be how this will be received, but that's okay. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm going with Miss Jackson by Outkast. Oh, okay, that's nice. A good Came one. out two thousand. Yeah. Ooh, I, I am for real. real. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> See, another good one that you danced to. Oh, so good. Bro, I feel like we needed to we we need to get these songs ready beforehand. <laughs> so yes. no, I, yeah, I'll put some snippets in. Don't okay. worry, don't worry. Okay. But yeah, shout out Outcast, Andre oh, 3000, Big Boy. Big, Big Boy. Boy. Hey. B-O-I. <laughs> Big Boy. Uh, that's you again, right, Clay? And yep. then my second pick, I'm going to oh, go. Oh, you get to go a second pick Yeah, we're now? snakes. So we're going back so, around. Yeah. Oh, this is not fair. <laughs> okay. I understand now. I am going with another classic. This is something, if I'm in the car by myself and this song comes on, I act a fool. For sure. Guaranteed. No scrubs. Oh, by TLC. oh good. Oh, 
TLC is on my list. Uh-huh. Different song. I didn't song. steal it. Okay. You good. did not steal it, but that's a great that's good. song. That is a great song. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know all the words to that song. Oh, yeah. You yes. have to. You have to you sing have it, to too. Sing it. If it comes on and you Absolutely. don't sing it. Gosh, dang it. I, I, I have Can you please define questions. a scrub? <laughs> yes. Well, Scrub is a guy <laughs> who can't get no love my, from me. My sister me. loves that song. Shout out, so, Ronnie. Hanging out the passenger side. Funny yeah, story. Pass- if you ever want to get a good laugh or just be like totally, yeah, this is hilarious. If you say the words to rap songs, if you just speak them out, it yeah, is like probably it's just... one of the funniest things ever. Yes. Because I always think of like, okay, who in their right mind is sitting around writing these songs and they're like, that's it. That is the lyric right there. Scrub is a guy. Uh, you don't get yeah. no love from me. And they're like, that's it. That's a winner. Yep. If you just like literally yeah. say the lyrics out loud, it, it out. is the funniest. That's oh hilarious. my gosh. Talk about entertainment. Well, it's yeah. true. And it's so like... Funny. <laughs> It's like the chicken and the egg. Do the words come or the the beat? And the, right, the, you know, it's like, and they're trying to fit well, first, words yeah. into a beat. Yeah, I don't know. or was or vice versa. Yes. You know, it's like, oh wow. Yes. So next time you're listening to some '90s R and B, go ahead and just speak them out very in like just no beats, no nothing. Just <laughs> yeah. speak the words just like out. Monotone. Oh, it's Old, so funny. Me, me, and my buddy do that, and we read the reread the lyrics like it's old English yes. and add some yees and, and <laughs> yees. But I love it. Hilarious. Okay, that was a great pick. Um, so Thank I get you. next here. Uh, I'm going to go with my karaoke song. Uh, I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. Mm. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. Speaking yeah. the language. I want it that way. Tell me why it ain't nothing but a party. Tell me why it ain't nothing but a Have you ever seen... Uh, the little bit of it's like a it, it's a police lineup and he asked them to all sing that song. Oh, you're talking that? about you're talking about Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, yeah. And now no. Tell me five. why. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh! I think Backstreet Boys are on tour now. They are. So uh, I would love to go see them. Did you know that my sister knows Howie from the Backstreet Boys? I'm sorry. What? <laughs> like she knows him. Like she literally did a musical with him. What? Last year or two years ago. Three years ago, Ronnie, and, why are you hold now? Like, what? He's, like he he this. hung out with my parents, and they they what? just had had him over, and for like they had like a few people over, had dinner, food. Oh and stuff. my goodness! And my dad, That's of insane. course, taking selfies with him, and like <laughs> Ronnie's got it. Ronnie's got his number, and uh, Howie, shout out, come on the pod, shout out, um, please, I will so, be here. I'll be yeah. special guest. <laughs> So it's really cool, it's, and so I got to meet him, which was really sick. And oh my, I was like, gosh. dang, this is sick. And yeah, now they're on tour, and like, oh, anyways, that uh, is hilarious. I love that song. One of my That's favorite amazing. Songs. Okay, um, all right, Gina, it's you, you get back, you back to back here. You're throwing me off my game now yep. because oh, I get back to back. You get back to back. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. I've got a in full transparency. I'm cheating because I have my playlist open of my favorite '90s songs. Oh, it's okay. We're all you guys like, are picking looking. 2000s, and I'm going with '90s. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with another crowd pleaser. Mm. Oh, another crowd pleaser that everybody wants to sing along to, whether you are a guy or a gal, wannabe. Oh my god. Yes. So good. Yes. Like, do <laughs> not. You want, I mean, you really, really want. you can. Yes. <laughs> I wanna, I wanna. Yeah. You can't help it. Like, you, you cannot help. Sing. You cannot help. You have to. It. You gotta you have bop to too. You have to yeah. bop. And I, you could be like the manliest man out there, and you are gonna like hit high notes on that. Song. Oh yeah, it's so good. So it's good. so good. Okay, my next one because I get to go again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm going to kind of go a different direction on this one. Also, everyone knows this song and loves it. Walking in Memphis. Please don't tell me. You don't know this song. What song is it? What? (laughs) Who's it by? Walking in Memphis by Mark. I'm going to play it. it. Oh, yes. Come on. Yes. When did this come out? Yes. Ooh. I need to hear you sing it too. Come on. Oh, no, thank you. That's okay. Come on, you guys don't know this one? I don't know this All one. Right. This was, that was 91, so I wasn't born yet. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. That's fair game, game, though. Okay. Right. So that makes it tough for me. Thought it was a crowd pleaser. <laughs> hey, ma- hey, maybe. We have people around the world who listen to Okay, well, podcast, please so vote hopefully. for me, everybody. Please vote for my lineup. Okay. Back to you, Vaughn. Oh, shoot. This is a lot of pressure. Um, oh, gosh. Should I? I think I should. Oh no, I love this song. We gotta go fast. Gotta I go, know. Gotta what? Pick it. Okay, okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Talk. Okay, okay. Five, four. I'm going with drum roll, the middle, Jimmy Eat World. These know? are like all 2000 I songs. Know. There's I know. No I, 90s I, songs. No, there's a, there's a few. I, I, I'm holding it back. It's going to take some time doing it in the middle. Oh, you yeah. You just made me yeah, sing yeah, that. Yeah, I'm no. so embarrassed. <laughs> no, I, no, I know now, though. Now I know. You're like, you, yeah. just staying quiet over here. I know. I was like, oh, no. I was like, please stop. <laughs> no, I know now. Okay. 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 Um, Clay, you got back to back. Okay. I got back to back. I'm going to go with my next pick. I'm going with Song 2 by Blur. What is that? I don't know. That's that. You, if Song I played two? it, you would know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so the guitar comes into the beginning. It's da 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 no one it. knows the name of that song but <laughs> you know you know that part but you yep. know yeah yeah again you got to sing along with them that's <laughs> that's the whole point and okay. then my next pick i'm going with my boy 50 you can find me in the club. hey, hey. we going to party like it's shiver we going to sip yep <laughs> <laughs> absolutely that's a classic. Very good sure, church songs. Sure. Yes. I mean, we can remix it. <laughs> you can kidding. find me in the church. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. Okay. Maybe, Gina, maybe I'll get your approval on this one. But I love, uh, I'm actually, I don't think a lot of people know this about me, but a really big fan of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I love um, RHCP. Yeah. That's what I call so, them for short. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go under the bridge. Oh, so good. That's a sophomore year high school art class. Uh, my art teacher played what well, we're doing every song. class. He played uh, uh, 
uh, red hot chili peppers every single day. So it was like, I slowly was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. I and then, love it. Yeah. So that's okay. My funny story. Pick, yeah. I was obsessed with red hot chili peppers in high school slash junior high, and mm-hmm. my friends and I had an actual like chili pepper club nice. and we actually had a, like no a binder way. yes it was so silly we had a binder with like chili peppers on it and we it this was before phones and texting so we would write notes to each other oh, in our yeah. binder or in the notebook and then pass it to the next person for the next class anyways we were like all obsessed with red hot chili peppers so <laughs> i am i fully support that all right i fully amazing. support that so good you wanted okay. a 90s song so i was like okay. i do i love yeah. 90s okay so you, you, these are your last two picks my last yeah Ooh, so pressure. no pressure, but okay. Pressure. I have a okay. Um, I am going to go with this is really okay. I think I'm going to do this one. 3 a.m. Matchbox 20. Mm. Oh, nice. Like, yeah, you yes. can't go wrong yeah. with Matchbox yes. 20 at all. She said it's cold outside, and she hands me my raincoat. And then I've got to look up my last one because I just changed my mind. <laughs> I just changed it. Okay, last one. I think everyone can get behind this one. Shoop. Salt and pepper. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Shoop. Yep. Shoop. 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 Oh. Thank you, No. Not you. But, yep. You, yeah, so I'm not going to sing it. You can go ahead and listen to it. Those are my picks. Go it's ahead so and vote good. for me, everybody. I win. Do- just kidding. You have your picks have like I I feel like you have a lot of range. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well rounded. You have yeah. definitely way way more. We than were me, so we were really talking good. about this before we hit record that you never know what I'm quite listening to at the gym. It could be anything. It could literally be anything. But you know it's gonna be fire no it's matter what amazing. it is. <laughs> I love music. You might be mad at me for my last pick. Oh, is it gonna come out? Is it like it's from twenty fifteen or something? <laughs> From last this was year. when I was like actually hasn't even, really, it hasn't, <laughs> hasn't even released yet. It's gonna <laughs> no. I'm going just uh, just straight just straight Eminem with you, lose yourself. Oh, that's, that's such a good one. Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity, seize everything you ever wanted, one moment, would you capture? Yo, his palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's I gotta end with that. With yeah, some too. sort of. When did that come out? 2002. So what? Yeah, that's, there, yeah. That's, yep. that's fair game. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a good 2002. Song. Yeah. Yep. Dang. Because that's just one of those songs where you get so hyped, and it's like everyone knows the words. So true. Uh huh. So true. That's so right. People are age. I don't know about the youths these days. The youths. <laughs> we'll see. So is this, is this my last pick? This is your last pick. Do you get two? Or you just get one? No, that's it. And then we okay. each get an honorable right. mention. Okay. Yep. So Ooh, this mention. song is from 2003. But okay. when I think of early 2000s or 90s, I like this song reminds me of that era for me. But it's the Gavin DeGraw song. Uh, I don't want to be. Oh, where... I was going to say chariot or I don't want to be. Uh-huh. Love those both. I don't want to be. So good. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. 
reminds me of One Tree Hill. I love Gavin. My heart. Love Gavin. Yeah. Oh, that's a great That's 03, but when... I, I feel like that is older. Than so it good. Is. I saw him in concert at no a way. small little place in Colorado Springs back before. So Cherry had just come out. Yeah. And it was he was like growing crazy, at like crazy big at the time. And yeah, he played in this little tiny bar. And I was, I think I was 18. I went with one of my girlfriends. Oh my gosh. That's I was so, so in love cool. with him. Like playing, playing <laughs> yeah. piano on stage. Oh my and gosh. And being able to see him in that kind of setting He's too. so good. He's so talented. Shout out to you, Shout uh, out. our next guest on the podcast, Gavin DeGraw. Yes, <laughs> yes. Please, please make it happen. Okay. Um. So now we're at honorable honorable mention. So oh, whoever gosh. wants to go, we don't have to have be in order necessarily. Okay, come back to me because I'm I'm okay. debating. I'm gonna. My honorable mention is gonna be California Love. Oh yeah. I feel like yes. you're just Thank you it. for that one. Thank you. Know, you. We not, neither of, we we had no Biggie or Pac. That's kind of disrespect. So. <laughs> I, I approve. <laughs> I approve. I had Tupac on my lineup, but it yeah it got did it make the five? It That's didn't okay. Make the five. We gotta have yes. We gotta have them in somewhere. Yes. Oh. All right. Uh, you can go. Okay, so I'm debating between a couple, but I so think my I. winner because I I rocked out to this song heading to swim meets and cross country meets. <laughs> <laughs> But everyone loves Beastie Boys. Yes. Mm. No sleep yes. till Brooklyn. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, good Beastie one. Beastie Boys yes. is so nice. Beastie Boys. Oh. oh, my gosh. They are so good. They so are good. good. No sleep till Brooklyn. No sleep till Brooklyn. Oh, my gosh. They are so good. They so are good. so good. Oh. I had a, a NBA video game. That I played when I was really, really young. It was did, like. Did they have that song? Well, oh. you could play as the Beastie Boys. It was like. Oh, it was no NBA way. Street. Oh, Street, yeah. And yeah. You, you could play as them in the game. And I was Love like. Love it. Yep. So good. Amazing, amazing. Love Beastie Boys. I could literally name 90s songs all day long. I love this. Uh, Love this jam. My, my, um, I, I love punk rock. <laughs> That's one of my jams. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go semi charmed life. Oh, uh, blind. So, so. good. Oh, that was that? that came on this morning at the gym for me. Did it really? Love that song. Oh. So good. Amongst Brandon Lake and <laughs> you know, my dysfunctional playlist. Are we gonna are we gonna publish this playlist? Oh, we should we should make we, a Spotify we playlist. playlist with yeah. Monica all day's playlist. Yes, playlist. seriously, we should <laughs> talk about Jesus. Yeah, rap, Tupac, <laughs> balance people. Oh yeah, yeah. balance. <laughs> um, I'm gonna summarize uh, for those listening. Well, I don't. I still don't know the song. Can you sing it for me? No. Oh boy. Or I, we'll play it after. Yeah. This is try. really. You don't know this song? Are you setting a boundary? I respect it if you yeah, do. Okay. Here, I've got it. Yeah, here, Gina, I got Gina's got it. I got you. Don't worry. Can I just yeah. put yeah, it up for it. On, the, on, the mark, on the mic? On the, yeah, of course. Oh, um, yes, yes. Okay, instantly. Instantly. Yes. Yes. Do, do, do. Yes. Do, do, do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Oh, dang, I should have done 1985, too. Gosh, I love that song. Oh, by uh, Bowling Pursuit? Yeah. Yeah, oh, so good. That should have been... So I, I, I should have replaced that with... 
Jimmy Eat World. Oh, Bowling okay. for Soup was... I think that was their only hit. They uh they actually made a song for about Omaha for the CWS. Nuh-uh. Yeah, it's called... uh I think it's called Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. Not oh, heard it. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll get it up later. Wow. Well, guys, thank you. Um, this was fun. I'm going to recap our draft here. Gina, with your first pick, you had No Diggity. Yes. Then you had Wannabe. Great pick. Walking in Memphis, me and Clay, that just went over our, our eyes. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> 3 a.m. Mm. Shoop. So yeah. those are five. Yes. Those solid five. Solid. Very solid. No sleep till I've, Brooklyn. Yes. I feel very good that's about good. that. Yeah, that's really good. good. Really good. I had Where's the Love, Black Eyed mm. Peas. Uh, I wanted that way. The Middle, Under the Bridge, and mm. Lose Yourself, and then mm. semi charm Also charm life. solid. I like so, your five. So also, good. Like, Well-rounded. Your five yeah. is like emotional. It's good. Like, <laughs> yes. It'll make you feel, my, all those songs make you feel some kind of way. Yes. So. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Uh, Clay, you had Miss Jackson. Great Ooh. first day. Yeah. Uh, no Scrubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Song 2 by Blur. I don't know if I've heard of that one. Oh, yeah. It's the one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Wait, we've all heard of it. Uh, now the, we, we don't know any other lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the club. Uh, and then I Don't Want to Be a uh, great song. So uh, California Love was your honorable mention. So mm. those listening, thank you. You guys vote. Let us know what we left off to. Yeah. Let, like yeah. yeah. We probably There's disrespected. Ton. There's yeah. a lot. That we could have done a part music. two for we sure. We could do a part two. Um, I could do a whole podcast just on 90s. <laughs> just on 90s. Uh, you chose all 2000s. No. Oh, my gosh. You had 190s. No, I had two. No, Which I had ones? three. One Which? was December 99. <laughs> it was like December 31st, 1999. <laughs> Slipped in there. Um, Under the Bridge, uh, Semi-Charmed Life. And okay, then, fair. Um, I don't remember. There was one more that was 90, 90s. It was like 99, 97. <laughs> 12.59 or 11.59 <laughs> yeah. p.m. December 31st, hey, 1999. But you, but you said 90s, 2000s. I did. So, I did. Uh, this is fair. Maybe it'll be more specific, specific next Please time. Please let us know who... Who won? Yes. And I peep won. the playlist. We'll have the link in the description. Yes. Yeah, we'll make a little Spotify yes. playlist or something like that. Love um, it. Which would be awesome. But hey, thanks again, everyone, for listening to another episode of uh, Von and Clay all day. Hey, uh, Clay, before we go, how can people reach out to us? Um, and why would they reach out to us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. You can follow us on any of our socials, Facebook, Instagram. Our email is in the description. So if you want to hop on the podcast or if you have any suggestions, want to reach out for any reason, you can email us or text us if you have our number. We'd love to get feedback and we'd love to have you on, share your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you want to follow uh, Gina, yes. I know she, she was telling us check before, out, check out before her the Instagram pod, she sure. blew up on Instagram. So. Well, that was not a, that was not like a, oh, look at me. It was no, just, whoa, yeah. no, what it's, happened? It's so, cool. Yeah. yeah. I would love to connect with anyone. I'm on Instagram. It's at Gina, G-I-N-A underscore Rue. R H U E. Yep. And nice. we'll, we'll link her yeah. Uh, Instagram. Yeah. yeah. We'll throw in the that bio in the description. Well. Yeah. I would love to connect with you. And yeah. Thank you for having me, you guys. This was so fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Thanks for so having much. us. Yeah. Um, before we end, Clay, would you like to pray for us? Sure. I'd love to. Sweet. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this time we had together. It was so much fun. I just want to thank you for the work uh, that you have done and that you are doing in Gina's life. Mm-hmm. I want to pray that you would continue to use her story to reach others, to lead others back to you, Lord. And for anyone listening who has had similar experiences, that they would be able to see your hand and what they're going through and that they would be able to see more of how good you are, God. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Bless the episode. Bless our listeners. Amen. 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 Thank you. Awesome. Thanks again, guys, for listening. We'll see you guys on the next one. Peace out. Peace out. See ya.